Hey everyone, welcome to the Accounting Firm Podcast. Are you struggling to grow your accounting firm? Not anymore. This is where you get actual insights every week into how to scale your firm. Each week, we will spend 15 minutes interviewing actual accounting firm owners, just like you, so you can learn how they overcame the biggest challenges that you will face when growing your firm. Let's get started. Hey everyone, today we are talking to Angela Roberts. She's the owner of Maine Accounting. They have been in business for five years with a team of six and now serve over 40 clients. Angela, it's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Sharam. It's great to be here. Thank you. So are you ready to get started? Sure am. Perfect. So Angela, tell us about the beginning. What did you do before you started your firm? Why did you decide to start the firm and what was that transition like? Well, I wish I could say it was easy. Um, (laughs) Nothing worthwhile is easy, I guess. I was a controller in my former life and I married a Navy officer and traveled all over with him and really found myself getting out of the workforce. And when it was time to come back, I didn't want to do that, um, you know, 60, 70 hour a week job. And I thought having my own business would be great. And, you know, of course, all small business owners know it's way more hours and way less Mm -hmm. pay. Um, But I went to work for a friend of mine who has a CPA firm and realized quickly I did not want to do taxes. And she handed me a client and said, if you want to do, you know, just some bookkeeping, here's a client. And she told two friends and she told two friends and so on and so on. And it just started taking off to the point where you know, I, I was no longer a solopreneur. I had to hire staff and we've been steadily growing for the last five years. So it's been great. That's great. It's an interesting story. So you, you mentioned that, you know, you went to work for this tax firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a client that wanted some bookkeeping and she offered that to you. What was it like landing that first client? Was it pretty simple? Uh, did they trust the referral from your previous employer? Did you have to, you know, Uh, engage with them and send them a proposal? What was that experience like getting your first client? Well, I probably put 150 hours of prep work before I even met with her, Um, you know, doing all the things like making sure I had an EIN number, making sure that um, I knew what it meant to go from, you know, corporate control or my background into serving small businesses. I read a lot. I listened to podcasts. I um, tried to get my ducks in a row. You know, I got, I was trying to brand myself. I did all those things. Um, I had an engagement letter and a menu of services prepared. And I actually went to her office and she hired me on the spot. In fact, she gave me access to her bank accounts right there in the (laughs) office. So um, that referral was solid. And honestly, all of our clients are referrals from other clients and or coaches or CPAs. So Um, I think we already have some of that trust built in before we engage with new clients, which is fabulous. That's great. So most of your business is coming from referrals. Why do you think that is? Is there something you think you're doing special to really earn that trust with your clients and just wow them so much that they're telling other colleagues or people in their community about you? I think so. Our feedback is pretty positive usually. Um, we, our number one goal is customer service. And, you know, we answer emails very quickly, like you do. Um, <laughs> you know, we, 
we really try to service our clients. Now, I, I should say we, you know, that first client was just straight bookkeeping. And now we do everything. We are like an outsourced accounting CFO. You know, if it's accounting related, accounting-ish, then they ask us to help. And we do. And we're able to upsell a lot because, um, you know, once they realize that we can handle more than just making sure the books are compliant for tax returns, um, you know, they, they already trust us. We already have access to stuff. So um, we're able to offer more services. And I think it's just building those relationships and making them feel like we are part of their team um, helps with those. They're, they're comfortable giving those referrals because of that. Okay. Well, that's great. So you mentioned, you know, you have over 40 clients now and you have a team of six. So you've grown a lot over the past few years. I'm really curious to hear what that transition was like from being a solo, you know, doing everything on your own to hiring a team. I feel like a lot of firms struggle with this transition. It's a big change. How was that for you? Did you, did you face any challenges? Of course. Um, I think that because I had that corporate controller background and had a team of 50 accountants, the delegation wasn't very difficult for me. Um, because in that role, I knew I couldn't do everything. Mm -hmm. um, my first hire was a staff accountant that really, I just needed some help. I needed to get, catch my breath. You know, I was working way too many hours. Um, and she's great. She started doing, you know, like the payroll processing and recording, you know, booking the, the deposits and expenses and, you know, all the bookkeeping stuff. Um, but as I grew, I realized that I can't, every time I hire a new staff accountant, then I have to stop and I have to train. Mm -hmm. um, not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, I wanted to start working on building the business and growing the business. So um, early on, I hired, a, I hired a right arm. I hired an assistant controller. Um, I shouldn't say early on. It was only last year. Um, but, you know, it's hard when you think of the person that could replace you in doing so many of the things that you do, it, it definitely hurts your bottom line, but it's an investment. So I think doing that and like really getting some quality people in that, you know, they're going to cost a little more, but they're going to be on your same page. I mean, one of the things that we all face is running our business in a vacuum. I didn't have that C-level person that I could talk to. Yeah. And hiring an assistant controller, like she and I would just start talking and building. And then we decided we needed to hire an accounting manager. And really, um, my assistant controller is now my controller. And she and I are developing the business and trying to grow the business. And then we'll leave the bookkeeping part, you know, to the accounting manager and her staff of accountants, because, you know, sometimes you have to, there's been some debate whether you hire a staff accountant or a manager first. And I kind of went backwards and hired the manager first, but that way that will free me up. I don't have to worry about um, doing the training and making sure everybody's following procedures. You know, that's, I think that's really great advice. You know, a lot of the times when people are trying to expand their team and hire more people, they really want to get out of the business and to work on the business and really focus on growing it instead of doing the day to day. Um, but to really do that, you have to find good talent that you can lean on like you have. I'm curious, was it hard to find that good talent at first? And 
like where where did you find that talent like what do you think helped you be successful in that was it just you know offering you know a little bit above the industry average to you know you get what you pay for or was there like a certain place you went where you you found that talent I wish I could say that I was brilliant in my search and um it I think it all comes down to luck actually um <laughs> I found a person, you know, I really wasn't ready for that investment of an assistant controller, you know, with this big salary, 40 hours a week. So I, I put out there for a part-time and I found, I lucked out and I found the right person. And I think it's important when you, when you're interviewing, cause I had, you know, had, I don't know, 30 interviews lined up. And um, as soon as, as soon as I found her, I stopped the search. Like I knew I didn't have to go through and interview everybody else. When you know, you know, and jumping on that person, because they go fast, especially right now, it's very, very difficult to find people. Um, so when you find your person, move on it quickly. Okay. Thank you for that. So uh, let's, we talked about, you know, making that transition from a solo to a team and what that experience was like, but let's let's talk about how like you scaled the firm so first i'm curious you know in today's age a lot of people are going virtual especially what's happened with the pandemic are you a virtual firm have you always been a virtual firm or just recently made that transition we've always been virtual um we i'm the only one in my state on my team everybody's all over the place we're all pretty much on the east coast but um i never well, I shouldn't say I never, I did consider brick and mortar and I just didn't feel like I wanted to do that. I like the flexibility of working out of my home. Um, and I think that was a good pitch to get good talent in also, you know, you can work at home, you can have flexible mm -hmm. hours. Um, so we're all virtual. We use zoom. Like we have, it's like knocking on a door, you know, we all have zoom links and you can just say, Hey, can I, can I chat with you for a second? So it's like knocking on somebody's door. And we Zoom and we have meetings. We just had a baby shower today, actually, for one of oh, our wow. employees, um, a Zoom baby shower. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. I, I think it's great. And we're going to talk about that a little bit at Scaling New Heights um, the next month about running a virtual firm. Oh, so you're going to be uh, giving a presentation at the conference? Yeah, on a panel um, to talk about how to successfully run a virtual firm. I mean, it has its challenges, of course, but um, it's absolutely doable, especially in this day and age. You know, I talked about going into the office for my first client. Um, I think I went into new clients' offices for my first three or four clients. And since then, I have not. I have never, I have never been in any of these clients' offices. <laughs> we just meet on Zoom and it's great. Wow, that's that's really great to hear. I'm I'm curious. So, you know, maybe we can get a little teaser into this. What what are some of the key things that you think are important to being successful in running a firm virtually? Like I know, you know, obviously collaborating with your team via Zoom, but getting visibility in like maybe like what they're doing or what are other things you can do to really be successful in running and owning a virtual firm? Well, I think communication is key. Um, we have several different communication method methods, email, you know, everybody uses email, but we use, um, we're, we're a Google-based company, so we use chat, um, so we can always, you know, ask a quick question, um, communicating what our goals are, having those stand-up meetings at least once a week with the whole team so that we can talk about what we're working on, challenges that we're facing, um, shout-outs, you know, high-fives, whatever 
um, you know, somebody has received some good praise from a client, we share that. Um, and also, sorry for the shameless plug here, but <laughs> Financial Sense has really helped a lot. Um, the new feature where we can see what our employees are working on is like gold. I, I'm so happy that I can be able to see without bugging them. Um, I can see right now what they're working on because we do track hours. We don't bill by the hour, but we track hours. So, you know, you can always see what somebody's working on. Oh, uh, no, that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying that new release. That's something you actually recommended to us. And it turns out has been a huge value driver for a lot of the other firms using the system. So thank you for that feedback. Yeah, yeah no, it's great. And I think just keeping those lines of communication open, making sure that um, you have a solid mission statement and you have your culture outlined and communicate your culture repeatedly. That way, you know that people are going to continue your message that you have as a firm owner onto you know, their clients and other team members. Great. Well, thank you for uh, insights in the running a virtual firm. So there's another topic I wanted to discuss with you today, which I think is something a lot of firms face, and it's pricing. So you mentioned you don't bill off time. So you guys have monthly engagements, right? Your flat fee? Yes. Okay. So when you started your firm, like today where you're at, do you guys still have the same prices of when you started? No, <laughs> um, we had to drastically change things. You know, when I started, I was just me. I didn't really know what to charge. I didn't have a lot of overhead. So I kept it low and I charged hourly because I really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, there's a lot of programs out there that talk about value pricing and I, still I couldn't grasp it. I could not figure out how to just price something with flat fee. And I think a lot of it um, just came with experience. Um, you know, quickly I realized I had to get out of that hourly billing and move to flat rate, which sometimes burns you, honestly. You know, if you quote low, then you're losing money. Yeah. Um, but we evaluate right now, we're evaluating our each client and we'll go through price increases for 2022. Um, and that's another reason why financial sense was so important so that we could look and see how much profit we're making on each client. Um, so we know if we're in the ballpark of where we want to be. But um, we've really embraced, moved from hourly to flat rate, and now we really are into value pricing. So um, it's taken five years of history and looking at our gross, uh, gross margin on each client to know how to even price something. Um, I used to have a calculator that I built and put in every hour that I thought it was going to take. And now I can, because of the history and all of the data that we've collected over the years, we can pretty much gauge based on um, the side. Oh, we support only law firms. So that helps. Um, but there are lots of different kinds of law firms. So we can tell now if it's um, an immigration firm and they have this much revenue and these many employees, we can gauge where they fall within a range. So it's much, much faster to quote jobs um, and just bill a flat rate. That's it. You know, I've heard a lot of benefits from switching to value pricing. We've actually created a lot of content on that and it's becoming a very popular trend in the market. I'm curious, what was that transition like with your clients from billing hourly to switch you, switching to value-based pricing? Was it tough to convince your clients to switch to the flat monthly fee? 
it was tough emotionally for me because what I found with those hourly clients is that each month I was getting more and more efficient and then I was billing less every month. <laughs> and then to have to, you know, if you look at a graph chart and you see that their price, their monthly bill was going down every month and that I'm proposing to go back up and hit a higher amount. Um, it was a little difficult to explain, but in the end, um, you know, it's, it's benefited both of us. Most of our clients are really looking at their actual versus budget and to be able to have a flat rate every month that was beneficial to them. And once I did it, it was great because then all the new clients coming in, I knew that I should be pricing a different way, but yes, it was very tough. It was very emotional. Um, and they're still, um, a couple of clients that haven't quite made it because <laughs> I didn't increase them quite enough. I've been slowly doing it every year. Was there anything that you did that made it easier for the transition? You feel like with the clients to get them on board to switching to the flat fee? Well, I think having really one-on-one -on -one conversations, not just sending them an email saying, Hey, this is our new pricing model and we're raising you, you know, this is, this is it. I had actual conversations with them and um, ask them if they per perceive the value. And they did. Um, I, nobody walked, nobody said, we're not doing that. So um, I think it was more, I was very nervous to have those conversations, but in the end it worked out. And I, everyone I've talked to that went from hourly to flat or value pricing has been through the same thing. Yeah, I think a lot of the firms I've talked to in the past when we've done research is we've seen is it's really a mindset thing. You know, it's scary to, to go to your clients and ask to change the way they pay you or how, you know, how much they pay you, because it's it's a it's a big thing. A lot of people worry about. But a lot of the times when firms or in any industry, you have these conversations, it's nowhere near as bad as you think. The conversation can be a lot easier sometimes, especially if you provide a good service and they see the value in that service. Yeah, and I think, you know, I did my homework beforehand and I let them know like how much they've grown since we started working with them. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to uh, make them feel really good about the services that we offer because, you know, right now we're going through um, our price increases and we're looking at the tremendous growth that most of our clients have had over the last year. And with COVID, that's pretty good. Um, a lot of courts were shut down last year. So, um, you know, we, we like to point out their successes too. That's great. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up uh, the interview with uh, five quick fire questions. So if you could go back in time when starting your firm, what is the single piece of advice you would give yourself? I would say be thoughtful in every decision that you make. Um, you know, think long-term. So when I was naming my company, I chose accounting instead of bookkeeping because I thought maybe we would go further and we have. So be thoughtful in those and know that it's okay to always be a work in progress. I thought I had to have everything like the project had a beginning and an end and I had to finish it, but um, running a business is really always evolving. So it's okay for things to be a work in progress. Okay. What traits do you think are important to being a successful firm owner? Oh, so many. I think um, having management experience, if you're going to build and hire staff, is absolutely critical. Um, having a vision, 
embracing technology, especially in the accounting field, being able to um, you know, review software and picking good software that fit, fits your needs. Uh, recognizing talent, which we talked about a little bit before, um, and being humble, knowing when to say I need help. What is a software tool that you cannot live without? Well, besides QuickBooks Online, which is what we use exclusively, uh, Financial Sense. <laughs> I will say that it's really helped. It's really helped keep everything in one place. You know, we were able to get rid of, uh, take three software, individual software packages and combine them into one with Financial Sense. And what is your favorite accounting resource to learn any and everything accounting? I'm part of a group called Roundtable, and um, it's a group of entrepreneurs like me, and we meet a lot. There's all different kinds of Roundtable groups, and having that support system of people that are not judging me, they're not competing with me, um, everybody's very, very helpful. It's absolutely the best resource I would recommend to anyone. And lastly... Do you have anything that you're working on right now that you'd like to promote or talk about? Um, well, we talked about scaling new heights. So that's coming up, um, being on a panel there. That's exciting. Um, I'm starting to head into marketing and thinking about writing newsletters and blogs. Um, and I just joined a new group in that round table that's um, helping us all get out of our own way and hold each other accountable in what our goals are. So that's been really great. Perfect. Well, everyone, you know, if you're going to be at Scaling New Heights, be sure to go check out her uh, presentation on running a virtual firm. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. It was a really insightful interview, and I know our listeners are going to love to hear it. Thank you so much, Sharam. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go write a review. This will help other firms just like you find our podcast so they can get insights into how to grow their firm. See you next week.